kids can't afford YA books, the self-publishing world is giving out advice and outrage at the same time. And apparently Amazon has the gall to take back royalties in this day and age. I didn't realize that things were that bad, but I'm learning new things every day on book Twitter. And this is the weekend special of Suri Reads. Thanks so much for stopping by. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Suri Reads. I'm so grateful that you decided to stop by, especially on Super Bowl uh, weekend. You know, I know it's a lot going on with the ball game and everything like that. But thank you for stopping by this weekend so that we could get out here in these book Twitter streets. And... Without delay, I want to jump right into what Mike Lazette, I want to call this man lasagna so bad. So I'm going to say it. Mike Lasagna said, YA should be for teens and young adults. The stories should be written, marketed, and targeted to them. The book should be cheaper no more than $20. Teens should be able to afford it. They should be able to see themselves and several people, so this is about the, um, I don't know if it's because of inflation or what, but if you have been to a Barnes and Noble bookstore as of late or any independent bookstore for that matter, you know that YA books are through the roof. Even middle grade books are, are starting to kind of get expensive. I mean, there are books that cost YA books that cost well into the the twenty five to thirty dollar range, and I'm talking and and if it's hardcover, I've seen books easily go for like thirty two dollars. And this is a YA book. This is a book that was written with teenagers in mind, teenagers who do not have jobs. Okay, and so Mike Lasagna is responding to that, saying, you know, that's a it's a it's a big much. Um, it shouldn't be more than twenty dollars. These kids don't have jobs, uh, although some of these kids out here are, are multimillionaires. I'm just saying they got the gaming thing going on and they're rich, but still, the the majority of kids don't have money like that and so if it's expensive for adults who have jobs what do you think about the children um and so that's basically what mike lasagna i'm calling him lasagna is saying um and several people agreed and said you know um i want my book this is an author who agreed and he said i want my book to be sold at school book fairs because i write for teens and ya someone else said something i think about all the time is how many teens come into the bookstore i work with or i work at with a 20 dollar bill and they can't afford the ya hardcover new releases how sad is that that's really sad um and then someone else who worked at a bookstore said I just cataloged a middle grade book for $25 I was shook it I'm, I'm shocked too that's expensive 
I'm sorry, like, it's bad enough with the YA books, and they're, like, more than 20 bucks, you know, as someone else pointed out, these kids can't afford it, but, like, middle grade, come on, dude, like, middle school kids do not have jobs, they, $25 is a lot of money, and especially if you're in certain parts of the country, you know, I'm in Los Angeles, $25, I mean, that doesn't get you far even as a kid like that's that's lunch money for a day depending on where you eat but it's like you know in other parts of the country where where $25 can go further that's gas money I'm I'm not trying to be mean but like that's gas money for the parent do you really think if it came between gas money or groceries or something that is a necessity to the degree of like you must do this to live you must eat to live I need car I need gas in my car so that I can go to work a job so that we can eat to live if it came down between those and buying a book for your enjoyment what do you think the parent is going to choose they are going to choose the the necessities and so I that's expensive for a middle grade book. I agree with Mike Lasagna and all of these others who are saying, you know what, it's too expensive. Um, I mean, we understand that publishers have costs as well, but I don't know. It's I, I, you kind of can't complain about kids not reading and, you know, choosing other things when you are kind of making it, oh, you're, you're kind of making it a little inaccessible with the price of things. And I know, well, they can always go to the library. Everything kind of costs money, though, okay? Even to go to the library, unless they live in an area where it's in walking distance. They need bus fare. They need, I I just, I, I'm disturbed. Um, Monette brought in a different perspective uh, by saying, since we're doing YA discourse again, I think a big part of the problem is that a lot of y'all think of YA as a genre instead of an age category. And I think they may be a little right, because if we think of YA as a genre, then we're, although it's being written with kids in mind, it's not really being marketed to children. It's being marketed to adults, which would justify why the pricing is so high. But if you think of it as this is an age category, and I think the same can be said for middle grade books to a certain degree. Um, but if you think of it as this is for this particular age category, then suddenly it's like, oh, but, you know, $25, $30 is too expensive. They can't afford it. So now you're you're presenting something, it's written with them in mind, but it's out of reach for them. So maybe we have to change our practices. I... I I don't know. I don't know how to feel. As I said, I know that there are costs associated with publishing and, you know, it doesn't happen just because someone has a vision to publish their book. There is money and things cost a lot of money. But at the same time, you don't want to make something you don't want to put something out of reach of the very audience that you're allegedly targeting. So yeah, that's what's going on in the publishing world in the YA world. Um, and yeah, I am at a loss for words. I, I really am.
Now, I have been a big advocate for websites um, for years. Um, I live by the principle of businesses needing a website because a website is kind of your uh, address. It is. It's your web address. Um, and so you you kind of need that in this day and age um, to reach a market um, that you probably wouldn't be able to reach ha- if you just were not um, as influential online or on the internet. Um, but by no means in the publishing sphere, in the author world, do I think that uh, an author who chooses to not have a website is not relevant. And so Maria Turo. I know I'm not saying her name correctly. Maria T. That's what I'm going to call her. um, Addresses this in a tweet in which she writes. This is someone else speaking. I guess someone said this to her. You need a website because agents want to see how invested you are in your career. And to that statement, Maria says, no. I sacrificed everything, every spare minute, writing, learning, developing my craft over the span of 22 years to get to the agent phase. I can assure you authors are invested. And what she said stirred up a few things among authors who are probably querying right now. Um, One person responded by saying, The novel I am querying took 12 years to write around two jobs and kids' schedules, practices, etc. Three times I started it from scratch to rewrite the opening to make the main character more relatable, to cut extra characters, scenes, and backstory, to change the point of view from third to first person. I'm invested. Another agreed and said precisely, just because people don't see all the time, effort, love and care and sacrifice you put into creating your books doesn't mean it didn't happen. And this made me pause because I agree with this statement. And I think that it is a testament of social media that we are living in an age where we are seeing entirely too much and now we're living in this era in which we believe that we are entitled to see every aspect of people's lives and I'm not gonna lie it's a little annoying um you know and I do believe that social media has made us this way but I can't just point my finger and say well social media is social media's fault because who has created the monster or the beast that is social media the people we the people have done that so I think that it is our nosiness which I you know I'm nosy too but it is there's a level of nosiness to us now that is just overbearing that is exactly what this person said we are now saying well if I didn't see you you know the blood sweat and tears if you didn't share it on social media if you're not putting it on your website then it didn't happen that is not true that is not true um the best authors are private okay they live private lives and good on them because It's a a lot goes into writing a book. A lot of the person goes into writing a book. And I know I've said that 
so many times on here, but it's the truth. And just because you don't see it, just because I don't see, you know, them taking cute pictures of them, you know, late uh, up late at night at their writer's desk with the little lamp on. Yay. You know, that does not mean that they are not hard at work. That does not mean that the book that they are writing that they will soon release and share with us is not transforming their lives as we speak and I just think when it comes to this level of nosiness this this notion that if, if it's for the purpose of I need a website so I can show people that I'm hard at work that is like that is the wrong reason to get an author website. Now, I do think that you should have an author website because that is a marketing tool. That's a good way of just getting yourself out there. You got to put yourself out there in this day and age. Um, so I do think it's necessary, but I don't think that that should be a determining factor for agents to take you seriously. Like, oh, well, if you don't have a website, then you're not right. Like, that's so silly. Um, but another person... In agreement with Maria T said, I said the same thing, like to imply authors aren't committed by the time they have gotten to the stage of the call with an agent is just offensive. How many books, how many years, how many tears do people want? And that is my sentiment exactly. And I feel like it goes right back to what I was talking about. It's not about we we're doing too much. We're doing too much as the general public um, with being in people's business. Um, and, and the funny part about it is that we always want to be in other folks' business, but we can't seem to mind our own. But that's a different story. But in any case, um, yeah, I don't think I, you don't need a website if you are an author to show agents that you're serious about being published. I think that the work that you present to them will tell them if you are ready for this next stage in your writing career. Speaking of self-published authors, um, Sheila E. Young had a question for those who decide to go the self-publishing route. And she writes or tweets, here is a question for the self-published authors out there. What is one thing you have learned along the way that you wish you knew before taking the plunge? Something that might help someone considering this uh, route this route. For me, it's the it's the daunting task of self-promotion. It's a grind. And you know, um for those who I I feel like I've said this before, but when you self-publish, you are everything. You don't have a marketing team, that's you. You don't have a a budget, it's the budget that you create. And so you have to be smart, you have to be savvy. I see a lot of indie authors who use social media to the maximum to promote their work. And I think it is so smart because social media, I just finished talking about too nosy, but it's true. Social media can be used for good as well. And in this instance, social media is amazing when it comes to promoting anything, promoting your book um, and whatever else you have going on in life business wise. So 
Um, Sheila is saying, you know, it's a daunting task still because you always have to be out here promoting yourself. And someone else agreed and said, it's a grind. As for something I've learned, maybe that a new writer shouldn't worry too much about how their writing will be received. In all likelihood, those who buy the first book will be supportive friends and family, not a hungry mob of eager critics. So that's also some advice. Don't, as a self-published um, published author, don't necessarily um, look for, you know, to become a multimillionaire because you wrote a book. Um, although it does happen for some people. There are a few self-published authors and it just, it, it caught like wildfire and it made them uh ridiculously famous and and wealthy and is wonderful um but that is the exception that is not the norm is what this other person is saying someone else wrote reach out to as many self-published authors as you can that's good advice and then another person said i'll agree it's the self-promotion it's really not as easy as build it and they will come. Instead, it's more like, oh, you built it? Well, so did these 50,000 other people. What's so special about you? And that last comment cracked me up because I feel like that's period. Um, this notion of build it and they will come. You need to really say that the truth is that if you build it the right people your tribe will eventually find you which is a good thing but it's not gonna be like oh I built this thing and now world come unto me no like you you there will be times when you will wonder like is this really something that I should have ventured into um but if you build it, the right people will come along eventually and your tribe will come along eventually. And that's what you really want. As an author, you want to build your tribe because those are the people who are going to support you no matter what, unless you do something really ridiculous um, or crazy. They are going to support you no matter what. And that's who you want in your corner. That's who you need to build. Um so they will help you build your brand um, and that's what you really need because it is a brand that you're building you're not just writing books you are building a brand and so you really want to consider what do I want to put into the world what type of brand do I want to have um, all right so get to writing all of you self-publishing um, hopefuls and uh, I love self-published books I'm, I'm gonna be honest I have a there is a special place in my heart for indie writers because it takes a lot to come out and say you know what I'm not gonna go the traditional route I know what I want to say and that's exactly what I'm gonna say and I'm not gonna be deterred by anyone I'm gonna believe and bet on myself and that's exactly what you do when you are a self-published writer so, writer sorry so kudos to you kudos to all of the self-published writers did you know that amazon is out here taking back royalties from its authors.
Yeah, I didn't know that either. Jane Shanep is the author of Social Vampires, which made the 2023 shortlist for the Bath Novel Awards. Um, received, he reported or he said on Twitter earlier this week that he received a negative royalty balance after individuals purchased and returned his book on Amazon. Now, this was a Kindle copy, so they purchased it and they read the book and pretty much they gave it back that's that's probably what happened so they purchased it and they read it and they said oh I want to return it it's a thing and yeah it 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 it's uh causes blowback with the author because basically it counts as a chargeback so they receive a negative royalty balance which is exactly what happened to James and he actually shared a snapshot of the negative royalty balance I'll probably share it somewhere on Instagram or something like that um later this week or uh next week and he wrote and a good morning to you People who return Kindle books on Amazon. Now, I just want to say before I go into the the support that James received, rightfully so, um, that is not a good practice. I I heard allegedly someone on TikTok um, found out that you could do this, and that Amazon doesn't have any barriers up right now to prevent you from doing this, um, and so. They basically said, oh, yeah, if you want to read a book, you buy it and then you read it and then you go back and you get your money back. It hurts authors when you do that. And a lot of the the uh, people who publish on Kindle, um, the Amazon publishing suite are indie authors. So they don't make a lot of money as it stands. And it's not that's that's not how you treat art writing is art books are artistry and so if you want to do that if you don't want to buy the book then check it out from the library Uh, you have Libby you have all of these other things or better yet go read um, Kindle Unlimited books you don't even have to purchase them you pay a $12 subscription every month and you can read the book and give it back it's just like the library only difference is that you're paying $12 a month but by all means please don't buy someone's book and then read it enjoy it and then give it back support the authors support the authors by keeping it um, by giving I don't know that you can give away a digital copy of of like a book on Amazon. I've never done that before, but keep it in your library. Um don't don't do that. Don't go back and and try to get your money back. That's not right. You would not want someone to do that to you. So anyway, James after sharing this on Twitter got loads of support. Um one person saying this just shouldn't even be a thing. I'm sorry that happened. Another said, "How dare they?" And then another person saying it is truly mind boggling how they, they being Amazon, um, decided in the first place that an author should be on the hook for this. To which James replied and said, I think you hit the nail on the head. They want to keep customers happy without hurting their bottom line. But the bottom, the, the bottom line of that, the bottom, bottom line of that is that there would be no customer base if it were not for the authors putting out good artistry or artistry period. And so again, to 
my fellow bookie bookish people please don't do that don't do that to the authors and honestly to amazon not that they're listening to this podcast but i'm just gonna put it in the universe there has to be a way to say all sales are final come on dude like that's a multi-billion dollar company jeff this is not right jeff I, I I need you to do better. All right. I thank you so much for joining me this weekend, this Super Bowl weekend for uh, Sari Reads, where we checked out the book Twitter Streets. I will not see you on Wednesday. Wednesday is Valentine's Day. So I will be eating a box of chocolate, maybe some dipped strawberries. I'm not really certain, but I will be doing something spiffy for the holiday. And I will see you all again the following Wednesday where we will talk about books and I will probably talk about something that I've read and something that I'm currently reading and we'll just have loads of fun okay find yourself at a bookstore at a library anywhere that books are king but please by all means do not read a book on Kindle after you've purchased it and return it just for the sake of doing so all right bye